We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings upon the Prophet, peace be upon him, as well as on these guys for bringing bananas for iftar, which are sitting on a giant pile of dates that you can see. And some people brought attention to the fact that I was literally in Saudi Arabia two weeks ago, but then I brought dates from California. So, yeah, the thought never crossed my mind. In any case, uh, continuing where we left off, we had explored the first ayah of Surah Nisa. We completed the first ayah. And among the points we drew attention to uh, yesterday, especially, was the emphasis on taqwa, then also the beginning formations of these relationships. We have these relationships of humanity that all of us are coming from a common origin. And then in addition to that, the relationship that we have with our parents, especially our mothers, all within the bounds of our relationship with Allah Ta'ala. And so that we're going to be giving further dimension to in literally a few seconds here. For those of you who are brand new to the class, uh, this class is going to sound like low-level tafsir, but the intention is more engagement with the Qur'an. Uh, and those things I can explain later again, if necessary, like I did at the beginning. Uh, having said that, anyone, does anyone have any questions or comments or reflections on the material we covered in the last two classes? About anything, whether related to the first ayah, the name, anything like that? I do have a quick question for you, Professor. Danya! Yes. Um, so, for the part where... Um, for the... Al-Arham that we were discussing yesterday and we were yes. specifically talking about it translating to womb yes. um, but like also um, just reading different translations and then reflecting on it a little bit more like Raham can also be your like relatives mm -hmm. um, so how does that play into our discussion yesterday? Uh, wonderful question so so first just to, to pull up the uh... Once again, nod, let me know. You can see the, the screen. Okay, very good. So, and I hope you don't mind the lights behind me turning on and off. It's motion controlled. Boom. Okay, so, so here the second sentence is essentially saying, you know, what the Allah alladhi tasa'aluna bihi wal arham. And so this can be speaking primarily of mothers, secondarily parents, tertiarily all of your blood relatives, yeah, right? So when we speak of silat al-raham, we're often speaking of your relations with extended family, blood family, and such. So that can be included to this, absolutely. So, so that's, a, that's a good but point. That's that like a tertiary point to be taken, like first mom, then parents, and then relatives. Notice how... You didn't say father. See, this is what happens. Father is always parents. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, mashallah. Okay. So yeah, first mom, then parents, and then <laughs> tertiary, all the other relatives. Yeah. But yeah, exactly that point. Yeah, that's uh thank you for drawing attention to that because uh, I completely slipped me yesterday, but a uh, very, very important point. And okay, so cool. so if we reframe the name of the surah from women to family the surah is going to make a whole lot more sense Boom. 
And, and so the point we made on the first class is that the names of the suras, the primary function is not summary as much as it is identification. Uh, and so naturally, if the name of the surah is women, we're going to think the surah is all about women. It's definitely quite a bit about women. Uh, if you, however, summarize it with the word family, the surah will make a whole lot more sense, literally from start to finish, uh, to the point that almost every ayah will be connected to that. You know, or we can even say relationships, the key, the key theme that I keep repeating over and over again. I mean, there are all the other ayahs about battle and such, but... Um, we won't be getting to those in the course of this month. It'll be too further uh, into the pseudo. Okay, having said that, any other questions, thoughts, reflections on, um, on anything we've discussed so far? Something, uh, something cool, by the way, this is maybe a little bit off topic. Something uh, cool about this Quran.com, by the way, if, if you guys are taking notes on your own, if you go to the reflection page right there, uh, if you go back to the verse, um, you see that little reflect, uh, reflect button? right under the play um, book next to the verse. Okay. Oh, wow. So if you click reflect, um, you can actually, it will take you to QuranReflect.com and it gives you all the different scholars have a different thought process on that verse. Oh, most interesting. Um, this is from Quran Reflect. And you guys can also create an account and, and put your uh, reflection in here as well. Mm. Oh, thank you for this. Okay. Yeah, I was not aware of this. Yeah, it's by Dr. Mustafa Fatab, the, uh, the clear Quran, and also like um, Quran Reflect, the team also connected with Quran.com uh, mm. last year. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. Thank you for that. Yeah. We need a, a Muzaffari interpretation in the, the Quran.com. Yeah, that'll be put on private. You know, so, uh, you, you, you should. You can create your account and put a comment. I'll, I'll let the team know to put you on top. Okay, yeah, wonderful conversation. In any case, so any other questions, thoughts, reflections? Thank you for 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 that website. Yeah. All right, then let us jump in to Ayah two. So wa'atu, so give al yatama amwalahum. So give to their orphans their wealth, their mal. Okay, and so don't replace, don't do badal of the, well, here it says the good things with the bad, but it's more the bad with the good. Yeah. And so do not consume, do not eat their wealth. So essentially don't mix it with your own, as though it becomes indistinguishable from each other. kabir. So this is a this is a big word right here. Okay, so usually it's ithum. So hub is a big big sin. So ithum kabir, hub kabir is super big sin. Yeah. Now first, orphans. One point to consider when we speak about orphan. And now, can you all see my one note, or do you still see the the corona? One note. Okay, good. All right, let me just. Um, That when we speak in the context of orphans, they are literally the most vulnerable, most marginalized of every population in society, right? That think of all the populations in our society that are marginalized based on whatever category you can think of. Orphans are always at the bottom of every list. 
so far at the bottom that more often than not that they're forgotten. For example, in terms of the brutal reality in most societies in the world, what is the probable plight of an orphan if they don't have family members to take care of them? What are they probably going to wind up as in the course of their life? Say it again. Homeless. So homeless, and then very often as a result of that, uh, they'll be picked up uh, to work either in sweatshops, forced labor, and or prostitution. Right. That is the plight of orphans in the vast majority of the world. Uh, and, and this is a aside. This is me now getting into this total Muzaffar commentary. That you know, uh, people like to have conspiracy theories. I like to have divine conspiracy theories. And one of my divine conspiracy theories for why Allah does not destroy America, right? If there's any country in the world that should be destroyed based on misconduct, it's America, right? Is there any country that's worse in destroying the world? One reason possible for why Allah Ta'ala does not do it is that that entire population that we often vilify, the Trump supporters, the right-wing evangelicals, are often at the top of the list of adopting children, okay? of taking in children, of giving foster care to children. Uh, the vast majority of people that I know personally that are, are in that demographic in the Midwest all have kids that either they've taken in as foster foster kids or adopted children. And, and so... Uh, this is one of my divine conspiracy for why Allah Ta'ala does not completely destroy uh, the country that is totally devouring the entire world. Allah knows best. But the point being, again, that the measure, one of the ways to measure a community is in the condition of their families. What is the nature of family? What is the family structure like? What is the relationship of the people in the family? Another way to evaluate a community and all of these overlap is what is the plight of orphans in, in such and such community. And in our world of facades, you'll have many places that have a wonderful facade, but then the plight of orphans is still horribly bad. What's, uh, when I was uh, uh, in Cairo a couple of years ago, well, now it's like that trip was like 15 years ago, uh, we went down this road that was all of these rug shops where they would make rugs. And then a person with us pointed out, no, these are actually sweatshops. They're actually called rug schools. And Olfat, I don't know if you're familiar with what I'm talking about, that this is basically on the way from Cairo to, to Sahara, that you literally have this whole street full of, they're called rug-making schools. But they're actually sweatshops full of children making rugs that are then sold. Okay, but they're called schools to avoid scrutiny and you know whatever other tax things that, that might be taking place. And so this is a point to consider. Uh, as the true measurement of of a society, including our back home societies as well as our societies here, what is the plight of uh, of orphans? To go further on my little tiny rant, but to actually make the point, this is one of the challenges. When uh, you know, I spoke of those of you who I've had interaction with over the past year and a half. You know, I spent a small but significant to me amount of time with these Afghan refugee kids, and it was next to impossible to find families that would take in any of these kids as foster parents. And so what was the end result of these Afghani kids is they would be put in a detention center in Chicago, then they'd be moved to another detention center in Chicago, then they'd be moved to a, center, a detention center in Phoenix, Arizona, 
Then they'd be moved to a detention center in, in Texas, uh, in large part because of the difficulty of finding anyone uh, to take them in for foster care, right? And I think there's still, in Chicago, we started at 90 kids back in October of 2021. I think there's still one kid at a detention center here about, about literally five minutes away from, from Loyola uh, who has not been able to be moved anywhere. That's one bad side of it, that it's hard to find people who will take people in. The other is that as good as the plight of foster kids or or orphan kids might be in America, uh, very often there's still uh, pawns in the machine. Uh, what became very apparent is a lot of reasons these kids were being moved around was for such and such detention center to get funding. And so then the kid settles in a place for 30 days and they get moved into another detention center. Or they'll keep two kids in a detention center to keep it open for purposes of funding. And it's disturbing at the very least. But the point to consider again is we speak of the Ummah as the Ummah of the Prophet and the Prophet was an orphan. That is my suggestion for all of us to consider one of the primary measurements of the condition, the true condition of our community. There are other ways to measure the condition of the community. How many people show up for Fajr at the Masjid, right? You know, what are the donation levels like per capita and, and such? But one of the primary measurements is or is the condition of orphans. So now what is being stated here from an instruction perspective is whatever wealth that they're being given to you, do not mix it with your own. Okay. That I think is a pretty straightforward thing as far as we're considered, right? Why would that be such a concern? What would be possible reasons? So much so that it is not only an ayah, it's an ayah at the beginning of a surah. What do you think? It was a it was a practice, I believe, at that time as well. It might be. Was it a so? Practice? The orphans at that time, it seems as though, by and large, they were taken care of by their tribes, right? Unless they were part of a weaker tribe, then maybe not as much, right? Uh, but it is probably fair to assume in the tribes themselves, the wealth was uh, was all mixed. And your mm -hmm. thoughts? What would be other possible reasons? I'd suggest that it's giving us the most simple, simple, simple basic right of the most vulnerable population of the orphan. Because it is the easiest thing to take the wealth away from an orphan. Even if your intention is not bad, you're just mixing it with yourself. All the orphan has is essentially whatever little wealth they have. Uh, Yusuf, you'd raise your hand. Yeah, two things. One is I think... Uh... Back then, they used to do a lot of trading. And part of it was they were um, trading with the orphans' money. And I think it used to... Um, I, I think that's about the time when the ayah came out. The second thing is... It's a question. The second thing is a question. Uh, right now, with uh, child welfare, state help, or federal government with uh, adopted kids, how do... If someone has an adopted child, how do you apply it with the state or federal benefits um, for that child? Do you keep it separate from the rest of the children and so on and forth? Okay, so you're saying if hypothetically I have a foster child or I have an adopted child? Yep. 
Yeah. So the adopted child, uh, with the foster child, I'd be getting funding from the government. And the primary purpose of the funding would be for that specific child. And, and again, to be fair, uh, even with that whole superstructure, uh, I've had many students over the years who were raised in foster homes who would tell me about how their foster parents would take in many, many foster children so that they could buy Cadillacs and boats and other nice car, nice uh, luxuries, right? So that would also be exploited. The core principle is that this money is provided for you for the care of this specific orphan, yeah. Uh, with the adopted child, it would be the same thing. You don't mix it, but you may or may not be getting funding for the government. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So regarding the, the first part, yeah, it is possible that they were doing that. Uh, uh, and like I said, I'd suggest that in terms of the arrangement of the Suda, why is this so high? That this is literally the most, most basic uh, right that an orphan has is, is that their wealth is taken care of. Cadillac has third rows, to, so does the Toyota uh, Highlander, man. You should be your basic. Okay, anyway, so... So give orphans their their property and don't mix their property with your property. And, and this language, hubban kabiran, is, is very scary. This is big, big, big sin. Uh, very rarely do you see this word being used as opposed, hubban kabiran, as opposed to, you know, ithum in some of the other terms. Okay. Now let's add this with the previous ayah. Imagine the whole surah was ayah one and two. What would you say are some four messages? Ayah one, have taqwa, and he created you from a single soul, from a soul created its mate, and then from the two spread of men and women, many throughout the world, and then have taqwa, and, then, and because it is through Allah that you look at the requests you make regarding the wombs that bore you, and then... Do not sever these ties. Allah is quick to watch. And then give orphans their property. I guess the ultimate thing is would be taqwa. Okay, so taqwa is this repeating point. Absolutely. So, Ahant. Um, in the first ayah, we uh, we talked about uh, removing uh, the obstacles in, 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 uh, you know, in our perception um, in terms of trials, you know, helping us grow and whatnot. Um, also, I feel like that's related to ayah too, because you are also being uh, commanded uh, to not inhibit the orphan's growth as well, mm -hmm. at least monetarily. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think that also works very well too. Now think of two different ways in which taqwa is manifesting. So first, let's take a step back and repeat about what is taqwa. Taqwa is to shield yourself, right? To be on guard. So when we speak of fasting as taqwa, you all understand that fasting is literally walking taqwa, that you're always conscious of the fact that you're fasting. Thus, you're always on guard about the fact that you're fasting. Even all of you know that feeling of when you're fasting and you do wudu and you have water in your mouth and you're trying to make sure you didn't swallow it, right? We're that level of guardedness. Uh, when we're when we're fasting, yeah. and so that's with Allah. But then in dunya, one aspect of taqwa is the maintenance maintenance of your relationships, okay. and another aspect of taqwa is the care of the weakest of society. 
And another aspect of taqwa is the care and proper usage of wealth. So this would be what we would extract from the fact of these first two ayahs. So to write it out, we have taqwa. Level one is just anything directly with Allah. Boom. But then two is how do you enact your relationships? Guarding your relationships. And then how do you conduct yourselves taking care of the weakest of society? So we'll say the weakest. Here, and let me actually rewrite this in a different way so it's consistent and easier to make sense of. Um, so the weakest, especially parents plus and humanity, and then related to Donnie's point, relatives, and the weakest starting, especially orphans, and then wealth. Especially the wealth of orphans. The wealth of the weakest or the wealth of orphans. Okay, makes sense? That when I'm speaking of this surah as being a discourse on family or discourse on relationships, we're laying out the, all the very, very basic foundations of relationships. Boom. And and so seriously consider this point that orphans, the biggest proof of of the uh, ease, uh, the fact that the orphans are the weakest, the most marginalized, is how easy it is not to think about them, because every other marginalized population might have some voice in popular culture, might have some tokens in in pictures of diversity and such. Orphans have nothing, right? Like, have you ever heard? We have hired this many orphans, you know, as opposed to we have hired this many people of color, you know. And so, and so this is the dunyawi or the social manifestation of taqwa so far. All righty. And at 622, should we start the funnest eye of them all? Kidani is saying yes, absolutely. All righty. Okay. Maybe we'll do just the first phrase, but let's see. Now, again, uh, all of this, feel free to engage and and bring in all of your, your thoughts. Uh, ayah number three. And if you fear, well, here, let me just go with the English. If you fear, you will not be, you know, just pissed uh, with the orphans. Then marry. Okay those who are able among you of the women mufanna two wathulatha three waruba'a four this is the polygamy ayah are there any other mentions of polygamy in the entire quran um, no so essentially no in the case of the prophet peace be upon him yes he has his own rules and there is an ayah that is looked at as qualifying this, which is around ayah 126. But basically, this is the only ayah. Okay. So, Mary 2, 3, and 4. Okay. But if you fear, same word, okay, that you cannot do justice, and this is interesting, it's a different word. Okay. 
then just one. Okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Or one of those whom your right hands possess. A lot of heavy controversial stuff here. Okay. Okay. That is adna, closer to Allah. This is the same word dunya comes from. Uh, that you... Uh, that you basically, uh, so that you do not, yeah, you do not oppress. All righty. So you're all probably already familiar with this ayah. And so let's begin the discussion, and then we'll have more of a full discussion, inshallah, tomorrow. Number one, <clears throat> what is the simple historical meaning of this ayah? The simple historical meaning of this ayah, this is a hadith, uh, uh, a narrative by Aisha, which is basically saying that if you have orphan girls that you're considering marrying, okay, uh, and you are not confident you will be taking care of them, especially regarding their wealth. But the simple fact that they have nobody to speak for them, no wali, no wakil, it is better for you to marry other women, even two, even three, even four. So technically speaking, you can argue that this is not saying polygamy technically you can argue primarily what this is saying is that you have to guard that to make sure that orphans and in this case orphan women orphan girls are being taken care of can you say that again okay so the part that we always notice of this ayah is the polygamy or polygamy yeah but what is the key part of the ayah? Okay. This is not also negating polygamy either, right? The key part of the ayah is the care of orphan girls to make sure that they're being taken care of. That's the primary part of the ayah. That's literally the first part of the ayah. Okay. The part that everybody skips. And this is consistent with what we've read so far that even among the class of orphans, orphans are the most marginalized of society, orphan girls are even more marginalized, right? And so those are the weakest of society. The What might be even weaker in society than an orphan girl? So if we're saying orphans are the, the weakest class of society, Orphan girls are even weakest. What would be even weaker than that? Slaves. So, possibly, and the reason why I'm saying possibly is because there's in 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 the, in the text and in the early history, there's a whole superstructure in terms of how slavery would operate. But an orphan that is blind, deaf, unable to walk, something like that. Imagine that class of people would be even the weakest, the most marginalized, the most vulnerable in a society. So the point I want to draw your attention to in terms of what I'm what I'm, I'm pulling from the surah is, is <clears throat> at one level, it's taqwa about family and everything and orphan wealth and then marriage and all those things. But what is being brought to our attention are literally these relationships but also the most vulnerable of vulnerables. So we went from family. Okay, you got to take care of your parents. Okay, but then you have to take care of orphans. 
but even then you have to take care of orphan girls. So that is the part of the discourse of these first ayahs of Surah that I think is often completely forgotten. We're being shown the underbelly of society. Now, let me rephrase this exact thing with my experience last uh, two, a couple of weeks ago on Umrah. So if you're on Umrah on the side of the clock tower, it's a tourist area, right? Some of you have, have gone recently, mashallah. You got the clock tower, you got these five-star hotels, all the fast food chains and everything. Good. But if you make it to the other side, it's a very different picture. So what happened to me, I was at Jummah, and then the students, they all went away, and I was just relaxing for a bit, study a bit, and then we got kicked out of the area because they, they were doing some renovations. And then in part of the ocean of people that those of you who've done Jummah at the Haram, you know exactly what I'm talking about, this giant ocean of people, you have no choice but to move along with the ocean, that we're walking along, walking along, walking along, and we make it to the other side of the Haram. And that's where you see all the poverty. And where it's literally these rows of dark-skinned women screaming for help. Half of them are missing limbs. Literally, like, half of them are missing their left arms. One woman looked like she had acid thrown in her face. And, And what is very commonly the case is that on the surface, you will have one thing, but then when you get into the underbelly, intentionally or, or unintentionally, then you start to see how society really operates, right? And that's the haram. And when we're sitting inside the haram, we're looking at these lamps that are made out of gold, right? Or gold paint. Before it was all brass. Now it looks like it's all gold. Yet right there, you have in, intense uh, poverty. Now it could be that the poverty is some poverty ring or whatever the case may be, but it's all literally right there. Yeah. And And so... Most often, it's not just orphans, but it's orphan girls. What was the plight of those women? Allah knows best. The story that I conducted in my mind was that these women that are missing limbs, they were probably amputated because they probably stole. They probably stole because they didn't have any food. right? And Saudi justice didn't look at this lack of food part. They just you know, went in. Allah knows best. So that's what I want to draw your attention to for today. But then tomorrow, uh, I'd like to now then get into this discussion of reflections on the rest of this ayah, especially this whole point about polygyny, as well as uh, this point about justice. What do we mean by justice? We have the two key words of justice here. We have qist and we have adal, both being used here. Okay, other questions, thoughts, reflections? All right, we'll stop right here. So no class tomorrow, no class on Thursdays in general because I'm in class, but then Friday we will reconvene, inshallah. So Ramadan is beginning literally in about half an hour in Chicago, depending on where all the rest of you are. Perhaps it's already begun. So may Allah tell a grant to each and every one of us a very, very successful and blessed Ramadan, inshallah. Ramadan Mubarak to you all. And we will continue, uh, inshallah, on Friday. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Subhanakallahumma, glory to you, O Allah, wa bihamdika, praise and gratitude are to you. Nashhadu Allah ilaha illa anta, we bear witness there is no God but you. Nastaghfiruka, we seek your forgiveness, wa natubu ilayk, and we turn to you. Right, may Allah tell reward you all, and we'll see you, inshallah, on Friday. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.